Section 17 of The Jolly Parisiennes and Other Novelettes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in September 2018. Madame Chambre by Emile Zola, translated by George D. Cox. Chapter 2 the swimmers one morning three days after the couple had taken up their quarters at pirac monsieur chavre standing on the jetty which protects the little harbour was placidly watching estelle who was floating about in the water the sun was already very hot and correctly got up in a black coat and felt hat the grain merchant was sheltering himself with the tourist's green-lined sunshade is it nice he asked wishing to appear interested in his wife's bath very nice replied estelle turning over again monsieur chabre never bathed he had a horror of the sea which he concealed by saying that his doctors had formerly forbidden him to bathe this was the contrary of the truth still whenever a wave rolled up on the beach and wet his feet he started back as if some savage animal had shown its teeth so it's nice he repeated stupefied by the heat and overcome by a sense of restless sleepiness estelle did not answer this time she was swimming like a dog and beating the water with her arms being as hardy as a boy she used to bathe for hours together a fact which was the despair of her husband for he thought himself obliged to wait for her on the beach estelle had found the bathing at piriac just to her taste she could not bear a sloping beach down which one has to walk for a long way before the water reaches one's waist she used to step to the end of the jetty wrapped in her downy white dressing-gown let it slip from her shoulders and take a header she wanted a depth of six yards she said so as not to strike against the rocks her bathing costume made in one piece and without any skirts showed off her tall figure and the long blue sash girding her waist swept across her hips which swayed with a rhythmical motion in the clear water with her hair gathered under a waterproof cap from which a tress escaped here and there she had all the suppleness of a fish but with a woman's voluptuousness and rosy face monsieur chabre had been waiting for a quarter of an hour in the blazing sun three times already he had looked at his watch at last he ventured to remark timidly you've uh, been in the water a long time my dear i think you ought to come out such a long bath must be tiring why i've only just got in cried estelle it's like milk then throwing herself on her back you can go if you're tired i have no need of you he shook his head and said that accidents happened so easily whereupon estelle smiled thinking what a lot of good her husband would be to her if she was seized with cramp but suddenly she looked toward the other side of the pier where the bay extends on the left of the village look she cried what is that yonder i'm going to see and then away she shot with long and regular strokes estelle estelle cried monsieur chabre don't go so far away you know i can't bear such foolhardiness but estelle did not hear him and he had to resign himself standing on tiptoe to watch the white spot which the straw hat his wife was wearing over her glazed cap showed on the water he kept changing his sunshade from hand to hand feeling almost suffocated by the heat 
"'Whatever has she seen?' he muttered. "'Oh, I see, that thing that's floating there. "'Some filth. "'A mass of seaweed, I suppose, or a barrel. "'But no, it's moving.' "'Then suddenly he saw what this object was. "'Why, it's a man swimming,' he said. "'Estelle also, after taking a few strokes, "'had discovered that it was a man.' Upon this she had ceased swimming straight towards him, thinking it hardly proper to do so. Still, from a feeling of coquetry, and being happy to exhibit her skill, she did not return to the pier, but made for the open. She swam quickly on, without appearing to have noticed the bather. The latter, as if carried along by a current, was gradually approaching her. So when she turned to regain the pier, a meeting, which appeared quite undesigned, took place. "'Are you quite well, madam?' asked the gentleman, politely. "'Oh, it's you!' said Estelle gaily. "'And she added with a slight laugh, "'How one does meet again!' "'It was young Hector de Plogastel. "'He was still shy, but he looked very strong and very rosy in the water. "'For a moment they swam on without speaking, "'at a decent distance from one another. "'They were obliged to raise their voices to hear what they said, "'but Estelle thought it her duty to be polite.' "'We are so much obliged to you for telling us of Piriac,' she said. "'My husband is delighted with it.' "'Is that your husband who is standing alone yonder on the pier?' asked Hector. "'Yes,' replied Estelle. "'Then they again became silent. "'They looked at the husband, who seemed no larger than a fly above the water. "'Monsieur Chambre, very much puzzled, drew himself up, "'wondering what acquaintance his wife could possibly have met with in the middle of the sea.' it was certain that she was talking to a gentleman he could see them turn their heads toward one another it must be one of their paris friends but he racked his brains to no purpose he could not think of one amongst them who would have been so adventurous so he waited twirling his sunshade to pass away the time yes explained hector to the handsome madame chabre i came to pass a few days with my uncle whose chateau you can see over yonder Every day when I bathe, I start from that point opposite the terrace and swim as far as the pier. Then I swim back. It's two miles altogether, and splendid exercise. But you must be very brave, madame. I never saw a lady so brave. Oh, said Estelle, when I was quite a child, I used to paddle. The sea knows me well. We're old friends. They had gradually approached one another so as not to have to shout so loud. The sea on that sultry morning was sleeping like a vast lake. In places it was like a piece of satin. Then there were stretches which resembled some crumpled material, with the hardly perceptible vibration of a current, rising and falling and spreading afar. When they were close to one another, the conversation took a more intimate turn. It was a glorious day. Hector pointed out to Estelle several points on the coast. That village over there, about a mile from Piriac, was Port-Aulu. That stretch opposite, where the white cliffs stood out so distinctly, was Morbihan. There, on the other side, towards the open sea, the island of Dumet lay like a dark patch on the blue water. As he pointed out each of these, Estelle followed the direction of Hector's finger and stopped for a moment to look. She was fond of gazing at these far-off coasts, with her eyes on a level with the water. When she turned towards the sun, its dazzling light startled her, and the sea appeared to be changed to a limitless Sahara, owing to the blinding reverberation of the luminary. 
How lovely it is, she murmured. Then she threw herself on her back to rest, lying motionless, with her hands crossed on her bosom and her head thrown back in an abandoned pose. So you were born at Guiranda? she asked. In order to talk more comfortably, Hector also turned upon his back. Yes, he replied, I have only been once to Nantes. Then he told her about his younger days. He had grown up beside his mother, who was strictly pious, and preserved the traditions of the old nobility intact. His tutor, a priest, had taught him all that one learns at school, with plenty of catechism thrown in, and heraldry. He could ride, fence, and was well inured to all bodily exercises, and with all this he seemed to be of a virgin innocence, for he confessed every week, he never read novels, and when he came of age he was to marry an ugly cousin. "'What? You are only just twenty? exclaimed Estelle, casting a surprised look at this colossal child. She became quite maternal. This flower of the strong Breton race interested her. But as they lay on their backs, their eyes gazing in the transparency of heaven, thinking no longer of earth, they were carried so close to one another that finally they gently collided. "'Oh, I beg pardon,' said Hector. Then he dived and reappeared a few yards off, while she began to swim again and laughed heartily. "'It was a case of boarding,' she cried. Hector was scarlet. He came closer to her again, looking slyly at her. He thought her delicious beneath her broad-brimmed hat. There was nothing to be seen but her face, and her dimpled chin laved by the water. A few drops which fell from the blonde tresses which had escaped from her cap shone like pearls amidst the down on her cheeks. And nothing could have been more exquisite than her smile, her pretty face moving silently along, leaving a silver streak behind. Hector blushed more than ever when he saw that Estelle knew that he was looking at her and was making merry over his confusion. "'Your husband must be getting alarmed,' he finally said, so as to start the conversation again. "'Oh, no,' she answered quickly. "'He's used to waiting for me when I bathe.' To tell the truth, Monsieur Chabert was getting agitated. He took a few steps, walked back, then set off again, each time twirling his sunshade more quickly, in the hope of getting some fresh air. His wife's conversation with that strange bather was beginning to alarm him. Suddenly Estelle thought that perhaps he had not recognized Hector. "'I'll call out and tell him that it's you,' she said to the young man. And as soon as she came within hearing of the peer, she shouted, "'My dear, it's the gentleman from Guiranda who was so kind to us.' "'Oh, very well,' cried Monsieur Chabre in his turn, and he took off his hat and bowed. "'Is the water pleasant, sir?' he asked politely. "'Very pleasant, sir,' replied Hector.' The bathing went on under the eyes of the husband, who did not dare to complain, although his feet were roasted by the burning stones. At the end of the pier the sea was of a lovely transparency. The bottom was plainly to be seen at a depth of four or five yards, with its fine sand, its patches of dark or light pebbles, its slender weeds standing upright and waving their long tresses. This charming sight delighted Estelle. She swam about gently so as not to disturb the surface, and bending down, with the water coming up to her nose, she gazed at the sand and pebbles in the mysterious depths beneath her. The weeds especially almost frightened her when she passed over them. There they lay in greenish masses, as if alive. 
swaying their jagged leaves and all in motion like the claws of crabs some short and clustering and nestling between the rocks others deformed straggling and seemingly as supple as serpents estelle kept uttering little screams as she made fresh discoveries oh what a big stone it looks as if it were moving and that's a tree a real tree with branches there there's a fish it's swimming then after a pause she cried out whatever is that a bunch of flowers why are there flowers in the sea look they're just like white blossoms oh how pretty hector dived and came to the surface again with a handful of whitish weeds which fell back and faded on leaving the water thank you so much said estelle you shouldn't have troubled here my dear take care of this for me and she threw the handful of weeds at monsieur chabre's feet for a few moments longer the two young people swam about making the water seethe with their short jerky strokes then all at once their energy seemed to leave them and they glided slowly about forming circles in the water which oscillated and then died away it was like some mysterious intimacy this reveling together in the same water hector as the water closed after estelle's moving body tried to glide into the wake which she left as if to occupy the same place and feel the warmth of her limbs around them the sea had become still calmer and of a blue of which the paleness almost verged on pink my dear you'll catch cold said monsieur chabre from whom the perspiration was dropping i'm coming out she replied she left the water and with the aid of a chain quickly mounted the sloping face of the pier hector had intended to watch her get out but when he turned his head at the sound of the water dripping from her she was already up above wrapped in her dressing-gown he looked so surprised and so annoyed that she smiled in the midst of her shivers and she shivered because she knew she looked charming thus with her tall draped silhouette standing out against the sky the young man took his leave i hope we shall have the pleasure of seeing you again sir said the husband and as estelle whilst tripping along the pier watched hector's head traversing the bay again monsieur chabre walked gravely behind her carrying the weed gathered by the young man with his arm outstretched so as not to wet his coat End of section seventeen.